Join spiritual feminist and empowerment coach Joni Advent Maher for Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. Listen in for intimate conversations about money, transformation, and feminine sovereignty. And now, your host, Joni Advent Maher. This episode of Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow is brought to you by Charmaine Kilcup, PhD, heart and soul coach for sensitive, heart-centered women. Welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher. I'm a mystic, a spiritual midwife, and a transformational guide. And I am so delighted to have a dear friend and soul sister with me today, Charmaine Kilcup. Welcome, Charmaine. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be talking to you today, Joni. Yes, yes. I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> Me too. It's such a treat, I know. <laughs> so let me tell my listeners a little bit more about the wonder of Charmaine. So Charmaine is a PhD, so you know she can make things happen. Believe it or not, how did I do a PhD? But I did. Yes. Yes. And she's a self-love coach and healer who supports highly sensitive women. And she's found in her 14 years of practice that self-love and self-forgiveness are the two missing ingredients in most women's lives. She's noticed that when self-love is restored, that women often find a level of happiness, passion, and joy that they've never experienced before. And she loves to support women in unlocking self-judgment to find full and meaningful lives. She's the co-founder of the Institute of Spiritual Coaching, which trains coaches and practitioners to use love to help people heal. And I'm excited to talk with her about her first book called Heal Your Heart, How to Awaken Your Soul with Self-Forgiveness, which is currently available on Amazon. Woo! Charmaine, you've been busy. (laughs) I've been so busy all while pregnant. Yes, it's been crazy and wonderful and (laughs) so full in so many ways. Yes. So yes, we have to touch on that. So how far along are you? I'm seven and a half months. Mm. First baby. First baby. Yes. So did it all in one year. Got married, got pregnant, bought a house, wrote a book, published a book, founded a school. Oh my goodness. You can do a lot in a year if you set your (laughs) mind to it. (laughs) Well, you are clearly a force to be reckoned with. So I'm I'm so glad you could be here and kind of squeeze us in before the baby comes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, and I I really want to dive into this topic of self-forgiveness because as as you said before we uh started recording that it's really not talked about very much. It's really true. So what I have found, and I have studied so many modalities. So I've got a master's in counseling, PhD in psychology, (laughs) trained in reconnective healing, noetic field therapy, and the list goes on and on and on and on. This is obviously a world I am fascinated with, self-growth, healing, 
self-love. And I personally was in therapy for about 10 years from an eating disorder that started when I was an adolescent. And therapy was wonderful. And it got me to a certain level where I was no longer compulsively eating or starving myself. But it wasn't until I found self-forgiveness through my spiritual teacher when I was doing my master's program that everything unlocked for me, everything blew open. Mm -hmm. It was the most transformative experience I've ever had. And I'm somebody who's been on all of the retreats, (laughs) done all of the things, paid the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to grow and heal and find a sense of peace inside. And it wasn't until I found self-forgiveness that everything in my life began to change. Mm. And it's something that not a lot of people talk about because if you, if you, you know, if I tell people, yes, I specialize in self-forgiveness, often I get, well, you know, forgive myself for what? I haven't done anything wrong. Actually, people have done a lot of really hard things to me. Mm. And I say, yes. And that's exactly why you need self-forgiveness because we are very interesting beings. And even if we have been the victim, that's a loaded word, but I'm going to use it, the victim to some kind of trauma or experience or abuse, often our brains will go in and judge ourselves for having experienced that. Mm-hmm. So an example would be, and I'm kind of diving right into the deep stuff here, but I yeah. love working with women who've experienced sexual trauma. Mm. It's one of my passions. Mm -hmm. And what I have found in every single client I've had who's experienced sexual trauma is that there is an underlying belief that's created that somehow it was my fault Mm. or I did something wrong. Yes. Yeah, I can feel that, right? Yes. (laughs) And that's the same for any kind of emotional abuse, physical abuse, um, bullying, I mean, the list goes on and on. Often, especially sensitive women who are heart-centered and really caring and empathic will internalize negativity coming at them as, I'm failing somehow. Mm. This is my fault. I've mm. done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the only way I have found to completely unlock that is through self-forgiveness. So, for example, a woman who's experienced, let's say, sexual abuse, to go in and just tell herself, I am so sorry. I forgive myself for judging myself mm. for believing that this was my fault. Just saying that out loud can mm. change a person's life. Wow. Yeah. Can you feel the power in it? I mean, I'm super yeah. into this stuff, but I wonder if other people can feel it as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, mm-hmm. it's so freeing. And yeah. I, I can imagine that part of the um, part of the dynamic that can also occur with um, perpetrator and victim is, is there, there is this like kind of giving over of the, whether it's the, the darker energy or, or intention, or there is this like way that the perpetrator gives it to the victim and and they're carrying it within themselves yeah you're actually naming a uh, dynamic that happens in that the victim will carry the shame of the perpetrator quite often you just yes. completely nailed it exactly yeah. exactly yeah. 
And so to A, realize that that doesn't belong to us mm-hmm. as um, someone who's experienced that. It does, it's not ours to carry. It doesn't belong to us. And then again, as, as you said, that forgiveness component of, of recognizing, yeah, it's not your fault I I did the best I could or or whatever whatever it is you know I yeah exactly and this is really true for the deep stuff right the deep traumas we've experienced but it's also true for the small moments in life Mm. that were somehow really impactful so one of the stories I share in my book is I have this very vivid memory of being in kindergarten and I adored my teacher Miss Irene (laughs) She was just, I mean, she was the most incredible angel to me. She was so kind and thoughtful and unconditionally loving. And I was a really quiet, shy kid. And it didn't seem to bother her, Hmm. which it bothered a lot of teachers, right? So I have this memory of doing arts and crafts. And this was my favorite thing to do. And I was cutting out doilies. And I don't, I think it was like a Valentine's Day card we were making. I'm not quite sure. And I was cutting out doilies and happily in my own business, in my own flow, creating art, my favorite activity. And I heard her yell across the room, Charmaine, put the extra in recycling. And it was a harsh tone, which I had never, ever heard from her. Wow. And this was a very, very small incident, right? Mm -hmm. But what what I have realized over the years is that very small incident created a belief inside of me that, oh, it's not safe to create. Mm. There's there's certain parameters I have to create and I can't be free. Mm. And then if I create too wildly, someone's going to yell at me. Wow. Yeah. And so it's a very small moment that, you know, may not have affected some kids. But for me, because of the level of sensitivity I had and the level of, um, I would say, energetic openness, it went in really, really deep and created all of this self-judgment around creativity and doing things right and mm. making sure I please other people. So it's, it's funny because our minds are just self-judgment machines. <laughs> they just they have, they have to find a way to judge ourselves and as little kids who don't have full brain development yet we filter everything through our own egocentric world mm-hmm. so if we do something wrong we can't actually take the perspective of the adult and say oh they must be having a bad day or maybe she didn't get enough sleep or who knows right. the little egocentric young sweet brain says oh, I really messed up. (laughs) Something must be terribly wrong with me if I got a reaction like that. Yes. Well, and I would think it's, it's doubly challenging because you were, you were so relaxed and in the flow. Right. Exactly. And so shocked or caught off guard that, yeah, if you had seen her simmering or brewing or knew... (laughs) exactly it it would have been might have been a different experience but I think so often that happens to us where we're just kind of in that open expansive place and life comes up or somebody in our life comes up and kind of smacks us upside the head metaphorically and yeah it's such a shock to the system absolutely 
Yes, and animals know how to process this kind of shock. You know, a bunny who has been chased by a wolf or a coyote, it will once that chase is over, it'll it'll go find a safe place and discharge and release and shake and, and let that all go. But we're not trained in how to do that in this culture. No. So instead, we go into our brains and try and make sense of it. And the default mode of the brain is to say, it's my fault. Again, it's my fault. I'm so horrible. I'm so shameful. I'm not good enough. That, I don't know why we have this default mode installed in our brain, but we do. And we filter every experience through it until we can go in with our logical conscious self and correct it and forgive ourselves and bring that self-love and that self-compassion to these parts of ourselves that misunderstood their reality. Yes. Yes. So I actually have a theory about that. And my theory is, is that it, it is a way to feel powerful in a powerless situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To the extent it's my fault, if I could have done it differently, then I have some power in a situation that I was ultimately feeling powerless in. I love that idea. Yeah, it's a sense of control. Yes. If I can just control myself. Right. Make myself better. Right. If I can do it right. Oh, boy. How many of us are walking around with that one? Oh, my gosh. I would say 99.9% of us. Yes. And I, I been do my experience. Yeah. Do, do you feel like gender wise that it, that it is more something that we as women walk around with or, or do you see it both across That's the board? That's a very interesting question. So what I would say to that is I think women are more aware of it mm. because of the societal messages we get that, there's all of this unconscious messaging that we are wrong somehow. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Duh, right. <laughs> yeah. Period. Yes. Yes. There, from what I have seen, there is no way for a woman to be right in this culture. <laughs> There's no way. You're right. We're, you, you know, no. you can't win. You can't win. We're too young. We're too old. We're too wise. We're too naive. We're too thin we're too fat we're too loud we're too quiet there is no way for a woman to win and we get these messages all of the time especially in the media right and movies tv shows we watch people in our lives and so i think women were we're just kind of used to this message that we're not enough Mm. and we walk around with it and it really impacts self-esteem it impacts our desire to lead our own lives. It impacts our desire to speak up. And it impacts everything. And so I, I do think that it looks more prevalent in women. And mm-hmm. my, because I'm, I'm very passionate about researching masculine and feminine. Uh-huh. I've also come to see that I do think men carry their version of this in general. I'm speaking very generally here. In that men have a lot of trauma Mm. in that they are not allowed to completely be themselves. Mm. 
I'm married to a man from Texas who is amazing and I love. And I see this operate in him where he's a really sensitive, amazing guy who's an artist and um, healer in his own right. He never got to express that part of himself. Mm. He had to get really tough. And so he joined the military. He was a Marine and he's one of the toughest, strongest guys I know, right? And it's very, very hard for him to even access what he's feeling and tell me about it because that's been trained and drilled out of him. Mm. So I, I do really think that most men, not all, because there is a level of privilege and arrogance happening in a, in a lot of men that I'm noticing, but a lot of men carry deep self-judgment around their emotions around their feelings, about deep yearnings to express themselves, either emotionally, artistically, uh, through connection, right? Men are, what I have found is that men are so sensitive, (laughs) but they're not allowed to show it. Yes. Because the level of judgment from society is so, so thick. Yes. So I do think men carry, in general, carry a version of this. It's just harder to access and harder to see. Mm, yeah, so I, I would call that you're, you're saying society, but I would I would call it also just it's the the patriarchy. It's like the mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. that we as women, because as you said, like nobody gets out, nobody gets a free pass, whether you're a, a woman or a man. It's, it's yeah. kind of untenable. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah it's a tragedy that's affecting everybody right which is why we're here to create the new paradigm yes and bring in the new way yes 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 and to me it's about creating freedom Mm. letting women have the freedom to express themselves without that self-judgment and then giving men that space to do the same and truly that's how i see we're going to create a better society is Mm -hmm. if everybody has the freedom and permission to be in their hearts be in their loving because we so desperately yearn for it and crave it men and women but because of how we've been acculturated because of the traumas we've had we disconnect from our hearts and our loving to try and be safe to be right or to be correct and well that's that's when the uh, not so good stuff happens yes absolutely yes so i would love to hear about your your school and you said you're teaching people how to heal through the power of love Yes. Well, I've taught at a couple of schools now, Sophia University, where I went to school and Southwestern College, where I also went to school. And what I have found in any healing modality that I've studied, psychology especially, coaching especially, there's a missing link. And that's the self-forgiveness piece and the self-love piece and the loving piece. Mm. And I have a dear friend and colleague, Jessica Flanagan, who is an incredible nutritionist. Absolutely incredible. She's, she's just very gifted with the physical body. 
And what she's noticed in her clients is that they come to her with physical issues, but the root of those issues are often emotional, spirit, and spiritual, mm. and often have to do with self-judgment mm. that happened along the way. Wow. Yeah. So she's actually shifted her practice to incorporate the physical, but also incorporate these deeper levels. So she came to me about a year ago and said, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing a problem here in the coaching training, in the nutrition world. There's all these people who have such good intention and really want to help people heal, but they don't have the training in self-forgiveness mm. and self-love. Mm-hmm that she and I both have had. And she said, this is the missing ingredient. This is, this is the piece that changes my clients' lives. And I agree. I said, this is the piece that changes my clients' lives too. And so both of us just saw, you know, we, we really want to get this out there, how to do this self-forgiveness piece, the self-love piece. And any practitioner, anybody who has a desire to either help people or just help themselves can benefit from this kind of curriculum. It's a life curriculum that, I mean, I wish we learned as kindergartners, right? If I had my way, we'd be teaching this to little kids. Mm. But we're not quite there yet. <laughs> so instead, we have created the school to train people in the art, I would say, of self-forgiveness. Mm so that it can carry through the, the culture. Yes, yes. And it's, it's interesting because in some ways I'm thinking that that used to be the, um, the area or the arena of uh, like re religion or religious mm -hmm. practice, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether it's confession or atonement or, you know, depending on what your faith is, but as people are moving more into spirituality and away from religion, it's healers and practitioners in many ways are at the front line of um, service in that regard. And, and so it, yeah, it makes total sense to, yeah. to have that be a component. People are looking for a roadmap. I mean, I was, I was looking for a way to heal from, anxiety, depression, basically self-hatred. Yes. Anorexia, all that. I mean, all of that's just a reflection of, was a reflection for me of just self-hatred. Mm. And we, we want a way out. Yes. And there is a way out. But it involves learning how to forgive ourselves because the, the, the term sounds nice. But not many people know how to teach, how to direct self-love and self-forgiveness. There's very specific ways to actually engage it. Mm -hmm. Because forgiveness is such an abstract concept. Mm -hmm. But there are very tangible ways to actually utilize it and to dissolve the heavy, gray, weighted feeling in the body using it so is there I, I know i'm putting you on the spot but <laughs> is there a small taste that you might provide or a small whether it's tool or practice mm -hmm. or or kind of guide us in uh, absolutely yes so the so it's actually a phrase mm. that i was taught that was life-changing for me 
And that is simply, I forgive myself for believing. Mm. And this phrase is the magic ingredient I have found that absolutely changes people's lives. So for example, women, one of, I mean, I think of Brene Brown's work and where we are hardest on ourselves. I do believe this is a result of the culture and patriarchal system we live in. But one of the places we're hardest on ourselves is our bodies. Yes. And our level of attraction, perceived attraction, right? And this was a place that was very, very sticky for me. And still can be at times, especially pregnant with body changes and all of that. I am definitely working this self-forgiveness. So um, one place we can forgive ourselves is that something's wrong with our bodies. Mm-hmm. So what that looks like is just saying to yourself silently or out loud and then taking a deep breath. I forgive myself for believing there's something wrong with my body. Mm. Wow. You can feel it, right? Yes. And it goes even deeper. So what I found in my own spiritual and psychological journey is that the core belief for me even under that was that I'm unlovable. Yes. So I have most clients, if not all clients, say to themselves, I forgive myself for judging myself for believing Mm. that I'm unlovable. Yeah. Powerful. (laughs) You can feel it. Yes. Yes. It brings me into tears every time I say that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How, how many of us have just layer upon layer upon layer of defenses and belief that really are covering over that, that core wound or that core exactly. be- belief? Yes. Exactly. I have found that to be the core belief and the, the core misunderstanding we're all trying to resolve. Mm. And we do it through some interesting ways sometimes. <laughs> But we're, you know, we often try to resolve that, that belief that I'm unlovable through hmm. addiction or plastic surgery or self-hatred <laughs> or self-judgment or um, spiritual bypass. There's so many ways we try to resolve that core wound. But yes. all that needs to happen is to forgive ourselves for that belief. Hmm. Forgive ourselves for misunderstanding our own lives our own selves, our own lovability. Yes. And I, I am just getting a sense in this moment of the kind of the potency or the power of like being the one that has the capacity to forgive. It, it mm-hmm. kind of turns things on its head a little bit. Like it changes the, the who I am in you know, in my inner exchange with myself to, yeah. to, be, to be the one that is like the conduit for that is, is healing in and of itself. Absolutely. Because oftentimes we'll, we'll try to find our worth or our sense of lovability through other people or things. Mm-hmm. And what this does is it releases ourselves from that. It says, I, I am in charge of my own lovability. Yes. I can forgive myself for the places where I don't feel lovable. This is about me. Mm-hmm. And so it disconnects us from needing other people's approval, love, validation, care. 
we get to be the source of our own lives again. Yes, and it trumps that place of the inner judge or critic. Exactly, exactly. I've actually found that self-forgiveness is much more important than forgiving others. Mm. It's been interesting. Yeah. yeah, so now I don't even, if, if forgiveness of others spontaneously happens with clients, all about it do it go go there if that feels right go for it but it's actually these places where we've judged ourselves mm. that keep us locked down mm. more than anything yes so when i think about whether it's forgiveness or uh, we haven't used the word but i feel like it's it's a part of this matrix compassion mm -hmm. Uh, self-love for me those are qualities I experience in my relationship with the feminine and I don't yeah. know if you experience it that way or do, do you have a do you have a relationship with the feminine or how does that all fit I know you absolutely yes so um, it was in my training in my master's program that I was introduced to the feminine and what that meant Mm. We've read the Gnostic Gospels and studied God's culture, and it was life-changing for me. Mm. Absolutely life-changing. Because we are at a time of some shadow patriarchy, and through that there's more judgment, domination, and control than the feminine really wants there to be. <laughs> than is natural, I would say. Yes. And so the feminine actually brought me into a deep place of self-acceptance. That mm. who I am and my impulses, mm. my desires, my feelings, the way I see the world is valid and okay. Mm. Because we get the patriarchal imprint, right? And especially in this culture, I'm in the U.S., I know you are too. Yes. In our culture, we get the imprint of being your head be productive, be successful, be ambitious, make a lot of money. We get, that's the template that we are told is right. Yes. And my inner sense of myself, I'm guessing for you too, is completely <laughs> different from that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> my inner sense of myself and my world is go for joy. Yeah. Go for sensual, sensate experiences. Sit on the beach, listen to the waves. Mm. connect trust flow eat mm. delicious food mm -hmm. feel pleasure right yes you know, hold your lover's hand you know hold a baby so this is uh, a remedy to that <laughs> to to the false imprint we get as a patriarchal as, as women who are going from a patriarchal structure yeah so it's that self-compassion and and that's what the feminine taught me was, oh, my way of seeing the world and doing the world and my desires in the world don't make me wrong. Mm. It's actually, a, a, if more people were living in their feminine self, men mm. and women, mm -hmm. we would have a very, very different world. Yes. And so these impulses, the way I see the world, the way I feel things so deeply, this is something that's very, very right and very, very needed mm. in this culture. Yes. So absolutely. Yeah, that, that relationship for me changed everything. 
Yes, I had I had the same experience because I too feel very deeply and didn't always know uh, how to reconcile myself mm-hmm. with that because it was not well received. Right, <laughs> it just was right. not celebrated or <laughs> accepted. Exactly. Yeah, and it isn't for most women. It yes. isn't who our nature no. mm. is not often celebrated, received, nurtured, or validated. Mm-hmm. No. And that causes a deep wound, and it causes us to automatically judge ourselves and say, "Well, what's wrong with me? My right. sensitivity is too much. My heart is too much. My emotions are too much." Yes, I, I can imagine just going through pregnancy because I'm I'm at the other end of the continuum. I'm you know I'm kind of in the perimenopause, heading towards that. But just the hormonal shifts and changes and the changes in the body and the way that my experience of the feminine is she's like, okay, (laughs) this, this is a real practice in letting go like the body and all of that, that we can't quote control um, is her essence. It's her, it's her calling card in a way. Right. And can the feminine live through you? no matter what's happening in the body. That's yes. what I'm learning being pregnant, having a completely out of control body is, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it doesn't look the way it's supposed to look, says the culture. Mm. But can my experience of myself and my wildness and my joy and my passion still live through this body? And of mm. course it can, if I allow it. Yes. Yes, and I, I'm so excited for you just being on the frontier of, of motherhood, which is you. such a powerful catalyst and initiation. And to be, you're going to be mothering a son. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I'm um, excited about it. I'm excited to have a boy mm. and help guide a boy into leading from his heart. Mm. and his strength Mm. i'm absolutely thrilled to have that opportunity (laughs) because i mean i i'm so passionate about the feminine but through that i've also become passionate about the masculine yes it's a beautiful energy when it's in its highest form yes it's the most gorgeous energy (laughs) that is so safe and protective and nurturing and um to help lead a a boy into being a good man ah, brings tears to my eyes. I'm just very honored. Mm. Yeah, it does feel like a gift, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, what, to do things a little differently. Yes. And what a lucky baby to have oh, such a conscious mama. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So wise and conscious and present and. Oh, we'll do our best. <laughs> right. My husband it's and not, I for sure. It's not about perfection. <laughs> we will definitely try our best. Yeah, but the, well, that we already love him. So it's a good start. Yes, it is. It is. So tell me, just tell me a little bit more about your book. Okay. Yes. Heal Your Heart. Yeah. Yes. So I created this book because I'm so passionate about getting this self-forgiveness practice and these tools out there in the world Mm. I really do think they're life-changing I've experienced Mm -hmm. it and seen it in 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients at this point that it can just absolutely change everything for them. And I, it's just passion. I, I, I want people to have these tools mm. and have the practical skills to change their own lives. Wonderful. So it, it, it's a book full of practices and tools. Yes. Yes. It, it, it goes through my story of how uh-huh. I fell into this and it became my passion and my own spiritual awakening through this. And then it offers really practical activities and tools so that people can find and experience self-forgiveness for themselves. Mm. Which is just, I mean, it's my, one of my soul missions. Yes. For anybody who wants it, right? This is not about <laughs> forcing it on anybody, but anybody who is looking and searching for the tool to really expand into themselves and feel that freedom of just being themselves the way I was, I, I want them to have those tools. Yes, yes. And I, as you're saying that, I'm having this image of like the dominoes and how, you know, as as we... Uh, soften in those ways by forgiving ourselves there is this domino effect where we are touching others because we're not in our reactivity and our that more critical hard place yes so I can see it like rippling out exactly it can I mean the only way I can have a successful and happy marriage is because I learned this I truly believe that (laughs) or I would be reacting and taking everything personally and feeling ashamed and embarrassed Mm -hmm. you know when issues come up it the only way I can be a good friend a good daughter a good sister and a a loving wife in a successful way to me is these tools Mm. And you are, my experience of you is you are such a picture of graciousness. Like your essence is so gracious. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot of hard work. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Yeah, looking back at who I used to be and who I am now, it boggles my mind sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, actually, that, that prompts the question. So I love to ask my guests, if you could speak to that younger version of yourself from your place of wisdom now, what would you want her to know? What would you say to her? Gosh, that's such a good question. So um, I was a, a very challenged teen, very mm. angry, very depressed, uh, a mess, <laughs> <laughs> anorexic. And I think what I would go back and and tell that younger version of me is you're, you're okay. You're lovable. Mm. Even the rage you feel, even the depression you feel, all of that's okay. Mm. Everything about you and your experience is completely and totally okay mm. and absolutely lovable. Mm. That's what I would have needed to hear <laughs> Yes, as a teen in my 20s. Yes, every part of you is okay. Well, I love that because you're actually probably maybe the only one, maybe a handful of people have actually gone back to their their teenage self or to that Mm -hmm. more, um, I'm going to say, sullen and surly time of life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, many people are talking to a, a much younger version 
that so I I love that you brought that in. It's like the most yeah. surly or defended parts of us uh, so need yeah. our love and care and attention. Yeah. Those are the most challenging years for me. Mm-hmm. So that's where the the loving medicine is needed. Yes, I hear you. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. So we just have a few more minutes. I, I don't know if there's anything that you feel called to share with my listeners. Like I want you to just kind of tune in and knowing what we've talked about so far, like if there's a, a message or a wisdom pearl that is, is bubbling up that feels like just the right yeah. thing to say. I think it's along those same lines. And if I could tell every person, every person listening, I I would tell them you're completely and totally lovable and worthy, no matter what's happened to you, Mm. no matter how you feel, what you feel, what you've been through, you are completely and totally worthy. Mm. And you are worthy of love, of kindness, of softness, and you're worthy of joy. Mm. Breathing that in. Yeah, so take that in. Dear listener, no matter what's happening, even in this moment in your life, no matter how messy it is, or or if you have your own shadow pieces coming up, that 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 is true. Yeah, yeah. Even in the hard stuff, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't feel like it, you're completely and totally worthy. Yeah, so I, Charmaine, I, I really feel you kind of transmitting this essence mm-hmm. of the divine mother, like you're as you're embodying your motherhood, that there is this quality of the divine mother that comes through you. That's yeah. so beautiful. Thank you. <sighs> so... I'm sorry, I'm distracted by the ping. No problem. Which I thought I got rid of. (laughs) (sighs) So let's just come back for a minute. All right, my dear. So if listeners would like to get a copy of your book and and I would say either for themselves or for loved ones, like this is the kind of thing you want to buy for whether it's the the sullen teenagers living in your home or or the partner um i know that the book is on amazon and i'll i'll have the link or the the link is with the um in the description um but if listeners wanted to learn more about you and your work or you and the the school Mm -hmm. they can go to your website is that right? Yes. My personal website is charmainekilkup.com. And our school is the Institute of Spiritual Coaching.com. <laughs> yes. The Welcome inst- to anybody who's curious about that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, my dear. Well, let's bring this to a close for today. And I, I want to do a deep bow and say thank you. Again. Oh, thank you. Right back at you. Thank you, Joni, for spreading this 
just love the world mm. you are you are completely and deeply in service mm. to spreading the love and the acceptance of the feminine into this culture and i want to thank you as well mm, thank you i'm taking i'm taking that in because you're right that is my that is my sole mission and yeah. i delight in the chance to do it and I, I want to thank you, our dear listener, for being with us today and taking time out of your schedule to tune in. And I want to remind you, as always, as the wise mystic Hafiz says, to trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes.